Welcome to the KPC Podcast. This week's message is from Pastor Steve Keller. All right, y'all. Good morning. Um, good morning to the microphone. That may be the, Actually, that may be goodbye to the microphone, but good morning to y'all. Um, hey, listen, today we're running a couple of minutes late. We usually end at 11.30, but I think it's worth it to linger in worship and to run over a bit. So hopefully you guys are feeling blessed and filled up. Um, as Mark mentioned two weeks ago, we started a sermon series that I, I believe can be a life changer for us, um, not because Mark and I are such amazing speakers, uh, but because it's coming off the Word of God, which is living and active and able to penetrate the heart and change our, our hearts and lives. Um, so it can change our lives if, if we have ears to hear. And if we have humble hearts that can really receive and say yes to what God wants to do. Um, The the sermon series is titled, The Things We Leave Behind. It's from uh, Hebrews chapter 12. And as Mark mentioned last week, uh, it's it's really a neat transitional part of Scripture because in chapter 11, the writer of Hebrews has just been telling us about some of the Bible greats, some of the heroes, you know, some of the names that just pop off our, our, you know, they, they, they just jump right out of our mouths whenever we talk about Scripture. Well, in, in chapter 12, 1 and 2, verses 1 and 2, what the writer's doing now is he's inviting us to join them, to live that kind of life, to make that kind of a difference, for the world to be heavily impacted from you and me the way it was from all these names, from Moses to David to Paul. So, This is a big invitation. Hear it now, if you will. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us now run the race, uh, uh, let us run uh, with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Pray with me. Oh, Father God, what an invitation. Um, Lord, what what an open door to us. And God, I just thank you that um, we don't have to read about everyone else's story and wish we had been there and done that. You invite us to do that. God, you you invite us to be a world changer, to be someone through whom life comes. God, to to be a person of great impact and for Jesus to be made known through us. So God, today we just come and it is our intention as a body to just take off these weights that hold us down, to cast them off in the presence of Jesus with your help and to be free to run in Jesus' name. Amen. The writer of Hebrews 12 uh, is talking about uh, a race. Just so you know, it's a foot race. So he's referring to races. And some of you know that years ago, I used to run marathons. Um, I ran quite a few marathons for quite a while. And when I ran marathons, I ran very light. Okay? That's me running the Boston Marathon. (laughs) As you can see, it is nothing but shorts and shoes, okay? 26.2 miles, and listen, it was about 40 degrees that day. I started with gloves, a toboggan, and a big outer shirt, and as I ran, you just cast it off. That's mile 24. There is nothing left in the tank at this point, 
But um, it's, just, it, it, it's just so important for a foot race. If any of you have ever done this, you don't run with anything you don't have to. In the same way the writer of Hebrews is saying, look, when it comes to the race of faith, running with Jesus, going and doing everything he's called you to do, you got to run light spiritually. And so we as Christians, we got to get free of everything that's like an anchor, you know, or a weight behind us. Two weeks ago, as Mark said, he preached a sermon on shame. Who is here for that sermon? Getting free of shame. Folks, that sermon was soul food, okay? Actually, it was more like a soul feast, Mark. If you, if you haven't heard it, you need to go to the website and hear this thing. Um, today, though, we are not talking about shame. We are going to talk about something else that hinders us. And this is something that, that it gets every single one of us. If I asked for a show of hands and your hand didn't go up, we would have to talk about uh, truth issues, okay? Everybody has struggled with this. This is a weight, this thing, but it, it's also like kryptonite to our souls, okay? So it weighs us down, and it, it, it's this thing, it's like spiritual poison in our lives, and, and it just makes running for Jesus impossible, running with Jesus. Now, I'm wearing the pack like Mark did. Um, if you remember two weeks ago, he had a stone in here. I've got a new one today. So let me take my pack, uh, take this out of my pack, and then I will unpack it for you. I know it's one of these, uh, I probably should have marked the one that it is, so y'all can just watch me try and figure it out. All right, here it is. And y'all, this thing is heavy, okay? So here is today's stone or weight we want to get rid of. It's a little thing called, don't confuse it with the Super Bowl, offense, no, it's offense, all right? Um, let me tell you what offense is briefly. A baseline definition for offense is when we get upset with anybody. Now we'll do the hand test. Has anyone ever got upset with somebody before? Amen, okay? All right, well, we get upset with somebody, and instead of making it right, okay, so by that I mean pouring love and forgiveness all over it, we just leave it. We just, we just let it be and we try to move on. And what happens with offense, okay, and, and you'll note the progression, what happens is it very quickly turns into a spiritual cancer that eats us alive. And so what happens is you start off with a moment of offense, but you leave it. And then it turns into resentment. And then you become embittered. And then you end up, and we're not done yet, but then you end up with judgment, okay? We end up judging that other person. And if you know anything about judgment in Scripture, when we read about judgment, it means two things, condemnation and it means death. We condemn them in our hearts. And from that point on, if we can even say their name, they, they're, they're just dead to us after that. And I know it sounds really terrible for them, right? You know, poor them. It is much worse for us, okay? Listen to what Scripture has to say about us when we're the offended. I'll just give you three. 1 John 2, 9. If anyone says, I'm living in the light, but they hate a, a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. 1 John three fifteen. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is really a murderer, in, in heart. First uh, John 4:20. If someone says, "I love God," but they hate a fellow believer, that person is a liar. 
For if we don't love people whom we can see, how can we love God whom we can't see? And so this, this thing of offense, it's a really, really big deal. You know, your, your mom or dad when you were little would say, get over it, don't be offended. It, good advice, right? This is something we cannot live with because offense releases spiritual poison into our hearts and into our minds. And if we let it run its full course, you know, we talked about a couple of stops of the way, you know, offense, then resentment, then bitterness, then judgment. Then we end, if, if we let it run its full course, all the way to the graveyard, we end up with this chilling condition called hard-heartedness. You know, Mark 3, verses 1 through 6, is, is, I'll use the word again, is the most chilling passage of what it looks like to have a hard heart. Uh, it's a very famous story, um, but, but Jesus is ministering to a crowd, and some men come up, okay? Can anybody guess who the men are? Pharisees, exactly right. Bing, you got it. Okay, so the Pharisees show up, right? And we know all about the Pharisees from, from the New Testament. You know, you get little lead lines about them. You know, it start, one story will start off, and the Pharisees were indignant with Jesus, and the Pharisees were offended with Jesus. So the, the, they're these guys that they are eaten up with offense, and here they show up in this passage, and we see what it's done to them, okay? Jesus starts off, he addresses them first, and he says to them, gentlemen, I want to ask you a question because you're religious experts. Is it lawful, meaning, is it spiritually right to heal someone on the Sabbath? Now, these guys, uh, they, they do what the hard-hearted do. They're basically standing there in the passage like this, and they don't say a word. They don't answer Jesus back. So, Jesus then turns to a man with a deformed hand, and he heals him, okay? Have you ever known anyone with a withered hand, right? I mean, this medical science can't do this. And Jesus, with the word, the guy's healed. You know what the Pharisees' response to this is? And it's incredible, because, right, what should be happening, all right? Well, this Jesus, he's no good. Well, this Jesus, he's all this. That moment ought to blow the doors off their hard hearts, you know? Have, have you ever experienced the love of God or the power of God? Like someone gets prayed for and they're, and they're healed, Right? Or someone, I had a guy one time, I was preaching, <laughs> preaching a sermon, and he got convicted, and he, he, grabbed, he had a pack of cigarettes, he grabbed them and threw them out and says, I'm giving it up and I'm coming to Jesus. Listen, that was cool, right? To see that stuff is amazing, but there is an effect on the audience. When the power and the love of God are released like that, everybody gets blessed. Any, anybody ever been there and experienced that? It's incredible. The Pharisees should be, oh, God, oh, I'm so wrong. Oh, Jesus, you're awesome. You're the Messiah. You're... These guys walk away, and they plot how they're going to kill Jesus. Wow. But it just goes to show you the effect of a hard heart. Here these men are. They are completely blind to this miracle. Their hearts are utterly unresponsive to the power of God. This, by the way, is why in Psalm 139, verses 23 through 24, this is, this is what David's dealing with here. This is why David prays this prayer. Search me, O God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there is any offensive way in me. And then lead me in the path of, of the everlasting way. See, what David is doing here in this moment, David recognizes the danger of offense. Lord, please look. See if there's anything offensive. 
If there's anything in me that offends you, if there's anything in me that offends other people, or, or Lord, even if I'm just a person who I just have this tendency to get offended, I don't want to do this. I don't want to get hard-hearted. Why? Because it'll end my race of faith. I won't be able to walk with you on the everlasting way. So this is a gigantic prayer. Um, How many of you saw the Holy Spirit movie? I think actually it was called the Holy Ghost movie. Man, it was good, wasn't it? It It's a fantastic movie. You know what my favorite part of the movie was? It, it, It wasn't all the Holy Spirit stuff, although that was incredible. My favorite part of that movie is when Michael W. Smith was being interviewed, and he said, you know what? My aim in life right now is to never be offended with anybody ever again. That just skewered me. What a a beautiful, mature thing to say. And listen, if you know the Word of God, you know Mark 17, 1. You You know that offense will keep coming at you no matter what your position is, right? That's what Jesus says. In Mark 17, 1, he said, look, it's impossible that offense should never come again in your life. In other words, no matter who you are, there's always going to be someone there to throw an insult, to be rude, to, to step on your emotional toes, maybe to do some real injury. But see, what Michael W. Smith and what David are talking about in Psalm 139 is, you know what, Lord, it may come our way, but we're not going to take the bait. We're not going to get reeled in. We are not going to get landed like a fish on the shore of hard-heartedness and bitterness. Both of these men are saying, look, instead, God, I choose your way of love. I choose your way of forgiveness. Lord, I want to be clean. And if you know anything, especially of King David, this brother had a few opportunities to be offended in his life. This is also why the writer of Hebrews chapter 12, this is why when, he, when he's talking about getting rid of these things that weigh us down, this is why he points not to anybody else but Jesus. He says, take a look at Jesus, the perfecter of our faith, when it comes to these types of things. You know, think about Jesus for a minute, okay, in his earthly life. Incredible ministry, right? Unbelievable success. He had crowds that followed him, but on top of that, Jesus was resisted, He was opposed, he was insulted, he was mocked, he was heckled, he was lied about, he was slandered, he was was conspired against, he was persecuted, he was accused, and then Jesus was crucified. Oh my gosh, you know? Had a bad day? I mean, that, boy, that, that, that's about as bad as it ever gets. It's incredible the amount of stuff that came at Jesus, but, the, but the, the writer of Hebrews tells us what we've already seen in the Gospels, that when it comes to all of that, Jesus didn't his heart. Jesus didn't set his heart on the things that happened to him. Stay on this side, okay? Jesus didn't set, it, set his heart on all those wrongs done to him. He set his heart on the joy before him. You know what that means? What Jesus is thinking about while all this stuff is going on, there are so many people who are going to get set free and get saved. They're going to come to life. The family of God is going to grow. That is what is on Jesus' mind. Isn't that incredible? Yes, good. See, in in, in other words, here's, here's what Hebrews is telling us, okay? Hebrews is teaching us that these heavy weights, things like offense, this may be hard to hear, they do not have to happen to us. 
And you think about offense. How many times have, has Steve Keller said in his life, well, what else am I supposed to feel after what happened to me? We actually don't have to be a victim of offense. After, and if we did, after all Jesus went through, he would have been the most offended person on the planet. But he didn't. Why? Because offense is a temptation that we don't have to yield to. And see, that's what, that, that, that's what this passage is teaching us, is that when it comes to offense, it, it is a choice that we make. We have a choice of how to respond, even when it's a huge wrong done to us, even when it's a gigantic wrong, even when it's a gigantic wrong that's done to us, we don't have to become hard and dark inside. You know who I think is the most beautiful example of this? I remember a few years ago, y'all remember that Amish schoolhouse when the gunman went in and shot all those children? Within like one to two days, there was a statement released by all of the parents of those children forgiving the gunman. We have a choice. And I'm not minimizing anything that may or may not have happened to you, but guys, there's always a way out. You know, we don't, we don't have to end up diseased with this malignant spiritual cancer. And, and that means we, we also don't have to ever be in that unfortunate position of spreading that disease to somebody else. I think I lost the room on that one. Now, why did I lose the room on that one? Because we've, we've all been there before. We've all done this before. Listen, I'm the pastor of this church, and I've done this. I know Mark's done it, okay? We, we've all done this before, you know? But, but we, we've done this. Proverbs 26.20 says this, Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. You know what that passage is specifically referring to? It's talking about where one person gets offended, okay? And they walk over and they share that offense with somebody else. And then that somebody else gets offended. Now, this is already getting to be a crazy story because it didn't even happen to the someone else, but now the someone else is offended. That, that's what Proverbs is talking about. It's called secondhand offense, and I'll tell you this, it's a lot more dangerous than secondhand smoke. And it all could be avoided every time if that original offended person invited God like David did in Psalm 139, Lord, search my heart. I feel it. I feel it rising within me, Lord. Search my heart and set me free of this. Or, or if they looked to the example of Jesus in Hebrews 2 and said, no, Lord, I, no, Lord, I, I don't want to be there and do that. Or when they discovered they were offended, they then just repented of it. God, I'm sorry, and received God's forgiveness and just walked, out, walked in love from there on out. Now, I know what some of you may be thinking, well, Steve, this is easy for you to say because you're a pastor and everybody knows that pastors are more spiritual than everybody else. You're in an ivory tower all the time with God. So you're talking about something that's theory to you. You've never experienced it. And I want you to know you're right. No, you're absolutely right. No. So let me tell you a story from my life. This is a true story, okay? Back in the mid-90s, I worked in, in a mega church, and I do mean a mega church in the Midwest. Um, I worked there, and the church was so mega that it had 15 pastors on staff, all right? And I was the senior high youth pastor. Our youth group was 190 kids. So I'm the senior high youth pastor, and we, we weren't led by a session, you know, a group of elders. We had them, but they didn't lead. We were led by a senior pastor. Now, this senior pastor 
This dude was talented, okay? Um, he could preach. And Jane could tell you if she came up here, he even had all the preaching sound effects. You know, God turned into God. And, you know, he'd say these lines that go, everyone under the sound of my voice. This dude was good. You know, he, 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 he could sell you ice cubes, you know, if you're an Eskimo. Um, he, great strategist, just a great visionary. But the problem with him was behind the scenes, he was verbally abusive to the staff. And I mean, he would castigate us. He would belittle us. He would embarrass us. It was horrible. I mean, boy, if he came in on a bad day, everybody just stayed in the behind their office. This man was very abusive. And listen, just to be fair, I'll tell you why he was abusive. He came to Christ, but he didn't get healing. He was a wounded person, okay? He wasn't evil. He was just a very, very wounded man. But, but during my uh, time there, he wore out 13 pastors on staff. So 13 pastors either quit ministry altogether or they quit the church and found another church. Finally, after uh, my three years, my turn came. Thank you, God. And I got released uh, from there. And, and I want you to know, I was never openly disloyal to this pastor. I never went to a congregate and said, well, let me tell you what so-and-so's like behind the scenes. But I'll tell you this, I was deeply offended with this man. And I did do, well, I did do one thing um, behind the scenes with the other staff members. I ran this dude down. I talked about him behind his back, you know, whether it was a prayer request or a, well, you need to know this just so it never happens to you. You know, we dress this stuff up. But I did this with this guy. And, and, and so, so I'm getting ready to leave, and I have this tug on my heart. Steve, you need to make this right. Don't you leave here with this offense. Steve, you need to go to this man and ask his forgiveness. You need to ask the forgiveness of the other guys. So here's what Steve Keller, your very spiritual pastor, did. Um, I decided I would just not do that and just go on with my life. I, so I just left it, right? So the next church I'll work at, I, I go to a, a smaller church, and I'm only working with one pastor. And um, so this pastor had a, had a, a, a pretty serious personality flaw. Now, he was not verbally abusive. This pastor was deceitful, okay? Um, let me define deceitful for you. It means that he and the truth were not acquainted with one another, okay? So, pretty soon, it didn't take too long, maybe six or seven months, um, this pastor, uh, uh, he promised something that he could not deliver, and the elders got upset about it. Now, when they got upset about it, he pinned it on me. So we go with a couple of elders in the past and we confront him again. Hey, this is what really happened. I have no idea what Steve is talking about. And Jane and I were absolutely ruined. Our, our reputation was so shot, the only thing we could do was just pack it up and, and move on. And so, so we, we, uh, we left the church immediately. And I know we've all been in situations maybe with our children before where, you know, we, we get in the middle of some conflict and someone will say, I didn't do anything wrong. It was all her. It was all him. It's never true, but this time it was actually true. I had done nothing wrong. But guys, I left this church so offended, okay? And it was like I had the one offense from what just happened that was gigantic, but it was like that other offense from that other church that I didn't deal with came crashing into this one, and it was a gigantic offense. In other words, I was different when I left that church, and it wasn't a good kind of different. 
It was, y'all, I was like a wounded animal with my family, my friends, my children. Um, Jane, you should be nodding your head right now. I was like, y'all, I was like a wounded animal. And it got so bad that Jane and her sister Anne and my brother-in-law Kevin, they held an offended intervention with me. We went to a restaurant. They, they did an intervention on me because I was such a train wreck. I was so full of all this stuff. You know what I did? I repented. I repented. I saw it. And, and thank God they helped me. Y'all, I repented. And these weights fell off of my heart. And it was awesome. It was the most incredible thing. I mean, I just felt like I was floating out of the restaurant. It was beautiful. But I learned some things about offense through, through this thing. And the story's not over yet. Um, and, it, and it's that when we hold on to offense, what it does to us spiritually is it makes us like the Israelites in the desert. You know, the, the, children, in, in the uh, children of God in the, in the wilderness, they're moving around, but they're not getting anywhere. Offense does that to us. It just takes us right off the racetrack, and it just makes us wander until we repent and we get free of it. Now, here's the end of that story, okay? The story ends this way. The Lord spoke to my heart one day, and he said, Steve, good job forgiving that pastor. Now, do you want to be completely free of this offense? Because, you know, there, there, have you ever had something kind of hold on a little bit? There was a little bit there. The Lord said, I want to shut this, the, the, the uh, door on this sad chapter of your life. Steve, are you willing? And I said, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. I even, I even held it like that at the end. It was beautiful. So the Lord, the Lord said, okay, then here's what we're going to do. I want you to humble yourself, and I want you to call that pastor, and I want you to ask him to forgive you for being offended with him. And I said to him, Lord, after what he did for me, no, Lord, no, Lord, no, no. I was like, no, God, come on, you gotta be kidding me. But God said, look, Steve, if you really wanna be free, if you really wanna be free of this, then call him up and release him. Steve, vengeance is mine. It's not yours. Let me be his judge. But as long as you hold on to him like that, and you're going to be his judge, I want everything in his life. So I called him up. I asked for his forgiveness for being offended with him. He forgave me. And for the record, he never asked me for forgiveness from his end. But you know what? It doesn't matter because I got free. And that's the point. I got free. Y'all, some of us need to do this today. You know, some of us, we're just in this place. Maybe all of us are in some way, but we need to release offense and not carry this weight as we try and serve Jesus Christ. In a moment of freedom and prayer, and I'm going to give you a chance to do that in just a minute. In just a moment, we're going to pray and, and together, and we're just going to get clean and clear of this stuff, okay? We'll do that, and, and that's any offended place in your heart from anybody in the past. It's individual. Thank you for listening to the KPC Podcast. For more messages and information, visit kpc.org.